You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Welcome everyone to this, another episode of Mistakes, Mishaps and Triumphs. You know what I do, I let the guests introduce themselves and tell us what they do for a living. Okay, hi, my name is Miriam Manderson, I'm a head teacher of a secondary school in North West London. Go on, give us a name, can you, can you disclose which school? Oh, it's a large secondary school in Harrow called Rooks Heath. A large secondary school called Rooks Heath. Perfect. Fantastic. Okay. Secondary head to secondary head. We're going to have some fun here. (laughs) Brilliant. All right. It's great stuff. So I said to you before the podcast to think about a mistake, a time where it went just wrong, right? A mishap, a time where it was, it started off okay, actually. And then it went wrong and a triumph, a time when you smashed it. Where do you want to start? I'm going to start in the order of the events. So a mistake. I've got two mistakes though, Diane. I hope I can share both of them. Oh, that's all right. I I made two an hour when I was (laughs) (laughs) Just giving us two is a good start. That's fine. Yeah, well, let's start with the first one then. So I'm going to call it the five dysfunctions of the team gone wrong. So (laughs) every dysfunction went wrong. Every dysfunction went wrong with this one. So in 2015, when I was doing my NQH, you know, I had a brilliant, fantastically inspirational session. And one of the things we were introduced to was a book called Five Dysfunctions of the Team. And it's a fable. If anybody knows about it, it's a leadership fable. And it's by Patrick Lencioni, really good author. Yeah. And I was so enthused. I thought, oh, I'm going to exercise one of the strands of my MPQH, which is impact and influence, and work with the person I line managed to discuss how we could use some of the skills and strategies from this book with our newly formed SRT. We're pretty newly put together SRT. So we didn't know each other that much. And we were going through the, you know, the sort of forming, storming, norming kind of thing. And I think we were at the storming stage. Yeah. But in my head, we were at the storming stage. And I thought, what a brilliant opportunity to bring in the five dysfunctions of the team. So I proceeded to have a line management meeting with somebody and I was talking to them about it. And she got really enthusiastic and said, this is a brilliant idea. We could do the exercise about this culminating and, you know, trust. We all need to trust each other. We all need to go through all the elements and really do some exercise with the team. And I'm sure they'll get on board and really out some of the negativity that's going on in the team. I've got stumps already. Exactly. I can see where this is going. I can see where this is going. Go on, go on. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Go on. Listen, the first part of the five dysfunctions is the absence of, is is inattention to results, sorry, and culminating in absence of results. Anyway, to cut a very, very long story short, all the planning and all the things that went into this, most notably, we got to the senior leadership team meeting and it was her turn. And I sat there very proudly thinking, I lie manage her. She's going to smash it out the ballpark. She's going to do a brilliant exercise with SRT and bring us all together. It couldn't have gone so wrong. <laughs> there were looks of coward shoulders, you know, not wanting to give eye contact to people were embarrassed with the theme. You could see people shying away from offering the support, especially those that we considered mostly allies. Mm. It wasn't pitched quite right. And eventually I could feel my face hotting up and think this is going horribly, horribly wrong. Mm. 
Mm. This exercise has not ended up how I wanted it to at all. Now, even though it was a fellow senior leader, she was an assistant head, I was a deputy head at the time, she was delivering the, 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 the session and the, the questions and the answers with minimal engagement, they were hesitant. I was feeling the embarrassment and I was feeling the shame and the, this has gone horrible. I felt responsible and accountable for it. I had yes. a colleague in that position. Yes. It was horrible. The mistake I would say I made was not reading the context properly. Context wow. is everything. everything yes. And whilst we might have been a team in storming, <laughs> we actually we actually liked each other probably up until that point. We actually <laughs> thought we were quite fond of each other then, thought we could work together. It probably made it worse for a bit. But I did reflect. I felt so bad. And, you know, I just learned that maybe perhaps running it by the head teacher first, prepping yeah. the head teacher also to make them know this was coming up and perhaps giving some pointers and making myself a little bit more ready for any fallout or any fallback and being, you know, full of the energy and the, the, the vernacular to support this fellow colleague. So that was my mistake. Yes. That was one of them. And, oh, that, that just sounds like the mistake that is made in every school, up and down the country, in some context, somewhere. Because, you know, when you, you read stuff, you go, oh, yes. That's exactly what we need. And you, you have the illumination yeah. from the text you've read. And you think, I'm just going to take that torch and shine it over here <laughs> in this dark room, team or whatever. And you shine the torch and there's people cowering in the corner. <laughs> do I keep the shining torch on or do I turn it off? What do I do? Turn it, it was horrid. It was horrible. I didn't know where to look. And it, it was just, it, it was unexpected completely. And you're right. Huge learning for me. Big mistake. Huge learning. My enthusiasm wasn't necessarily the same as theirs. It wasn't. <laughs> it's a brilliant book that I would advise anybody to read it. Oh, <laughs> it is. Patrick Lechon is, is an absolute legend. And it's, it's, yeah. uh, but it is theory, which you've got to translate carefully oh, yes. into, you know, your, your team sort of norming. And it's one of those things, we're in the storming phase. People, <laughs> people don't talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> they want to be told, I'm storming. How dare you? Who are you to tell me I'm storming? Exactly. Exactly. This is it. I'll tell you something else as well. I discovered the colleague that I was blaming had another agenda. And potentially, I hadn't researched enough where they were coming from before they delivered what I thought. Oh, so I'm trying to get her own back and tell people. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're storming. Patrick says so. Let me show you how you're storming. <laughs> there you are. Oh, brilliant. First one. Go on. The Miss Frankfurt Triumph, where next? Okay. If I can, can I just talk very quickly about the second mistake? Of course, yeah, 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 you did say you had two, yes. I did, and I'm quite passionate about working women. Okay. And when I had my children, I had them back to back. The first point, I had my first son, I planned everything to the nth degree, that's me. And then my second son decided, surprise, I'm coming too. So I embarrassingly went back to work pregnant. That was, that was <laughs> boring itself. That wasn't the mistake. <laughs> It was, I remember speaking, oh gosh, it was so embarrassing, but, but actually, why was it embarrassing? I was thinking, it's not embarrassing, it's, it's, it's a blessing. It is a blessing. It's a blessing, it's, it's unexpected, and you're, what did you say to your head teacher? Um, well, you're not going to believe this, <laughs> but I'm pregnant again. It was the business manager and me carrying going, oh, oh. oh, I'm going to have to go on maternity leave again. <laughs> anyway, the mistake was this. Whilst I thought, yes, it's my time, I'm going to have my children, I didn't use what is now called keeping in touch days. Okay. And I think these are so valuable. And I yes. remember turning back to work 
and having mushy brain, baby brain, and standing by the board and thinking, where do I write the date again? Oh gosh, I'm completely out of touch. Yes. So, you know, advice to all of us who are leaders, who are ambitious, who go yes. on, who may choose to have families, do keep in touch, keep in touch with work. It's a huge part of our lives. Yes. It keeps us going, doesn't it? It makes us have purpose. So that yes. no, that, that's, that's a very good point. I'm just thinking back to when I was head. I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember doing that, keeping in touch with people that were off on maternity. Unless if they keep in touch with us, absolutely. But I don't remember putting that in place. That's 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 a good strategy. If they want to, I mean, some of them want to be completely left alone, but if they want it, absolutely. <laughs> I remember keeping in touch with people who are in long-term sickness absence. Yes, of course. You know, and then you, you check in with them and yeah. that kind of thing. But I've never thought of that to offer it anyway to people who are on Well, it's the thing now, isn't it? It's called kit days, keeping in touch. But when I was having my children, it didn't exist. It didn't exist. Actively decide you want to keep in touch. And I would say that was my mistake because when I went back, I, I felt it when I went back. Really? I we just out of touch, yeah. Out of touch, yeah. brilliant. Okay, where to next? Right, mishap. Mm -hmm. Okay, you ready for this one? Go on then. <laughs> As part of being a senior leader, I was given the role of being designated safeguard and lead, which I adored. I loved that role. Clearly, you have to have lots of empathy and work with those that you are in. And I, I wanted to do a very good job of it, you know. So I introduced in this school that we were going to have a lockdown drill. Some people call it a serious incident drill. That was fine. We had several meetings. We planned everything, you know, minutiously written down every detail. I had my checklist, what we were going to do. Everybody know where they're going to be? Yes, yes, everybody knows where they're meant to be. And we had a couple of practices and we had a few students who didn't meet quite the expectations and we did it again you know wrote to parents all that sort of stuff and then we decided we were going to do an unannounced one of course everybody knows what they're doing i worked in a very large split site school so wow. adding more complexities to it yes <laughs> i had a military style clipboard and i was kicking off everybody <laughs> where they needed sensible shoes sensible <laughs> shoes well i always wore heels heavy heels that's me and there we were. And then we decided to do this unannounced lockdown. You know, do we set off the alarm? One alarm, two alarm, which one to listen to? Do we use mobile phone? No, let's make the screens dark, all of that stuff. And only a select few of the SLT knew what was going on. It went swimmingly well. You know, we'd set off the alerts, the students were under the tables, members of staff under the tables. It was all silent, quiet. And then we decided, right, it's time now to release everyone and let them know they've got the all clear. Fine. We went around our different floors in the schools. We even communicated with those at our other site, which was a five minute walk away. Everything, so I thought, had been done to plan. And we had agreed we were going to meet as an SLT back in our conference room and just review, you know, what went well, even better is, and all that sort of stuff. And we'd agreed that a few of the heads of year could join us as well. Anyway, we got back into this room. And, you know, everybody's saying, gosh, that was really well organised, Miriam, you know, well done. You've never done it so well. All the students were compliant. Everybody was paying attention. You know, it, it couldn't have been better. We'd all used our radios, you know, conspicuously. We'd made sure we were discreet, all of that sort of stuff. And suddenly somebody realised that a couple of SLT members were missing. What's happened to them? They were on site. What's going on? And so were a couple of the heads of year. It turned out... <laughs> The door knocked and a member of staff tentatively walked into the office and said, have we been given the all clear yet? <gasps> Are they still under the table? They were still under the table for 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm not, I, I am just, not laughing. Oh my God. We said they were compliant. 
fantastically compliant staff not coming out until they've been given the award. I am not leaving the terrorists loose in the building. Poor colleagues. So oh. what happened was we had a few areas of the school which on my checklist were there but hadn't been checked off where colleagues were on their own. And so naturally wouldn't have had you know, the, the, the will or the desire to sort of just come out of their room, yes. obeying the protocol yes. and deciding to take a look until 45 minutes later. Oh. Well, that was a huge turning for me. Oh, I don't know what, what do you oh, say, but I'm sorry. His sorry. chocolates, I am so sorry. That's exactly what I did. I left chocolates in their offices because they were on their own. <laughs> oh, um, I can imagine their heart just... Oh my God, it must be real. We're still here. We're still here. They must have thought, well, you know, something's really happened. Yeah, definitely. That, that is a, a mishap on, on, on a mega scale where it was going fine. And then the gods just laid out banana skins and <laughs> we just start slipping over them. <laughs> yeah, there's a big whoops from me. Whoops. A big whoops from me. Uh, you know, the learning is get, if you've got a checklist, get someone else to check that yes. checklist. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Get someone to check the checklist. What's yeah. your role? I check the checklist. <laughs> that was my PA. That was, oh, without her, I would have been a disaster of a head teacher. She oh checked everything. Brilliant. <laughs> Go on. Tell us about a time when you smashed it. It went so well. Well, I sit here today as a head teacher, and I would say that is my triumph. That's a triumph in itself. It That's is a triumph in itself. Getting to headship was a real journey, Diana. Yeah. And I have to say to you, some have said, Mary, you've got a story to tell. So I've written a book. Wow. I haven't wow. written it yet. No, well, with, you say wow, but with that comes all the self-doubt, all the questions, theories. Oh, I will reach into the screen and shake you. <laughs> all the nervousness, you know, all the sort of why me, why should I? They're all there still. So I'm unpacking those slowly mm -hmm. in the hope that I think, well, actually, I'm the girl from the ends, as they say, yep. you know, originally, and I've made something of this and I'm on a bigger scale influencing young people and education. And yep. therefore I do have a story to tell, so I will share it eventually. But it's also because I applied for deputy headship three times, you know, it's nothing like walking back into your own school when you haven't got a job. The good thing about students, they make you forget in a jiffy, don't they? Yes. You just get back to normal, you know. Was... I miss. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it, yeah, you're back, you know, yeah back to normal they just jolted me back into business and not having a sorry for me pity party that i was having mm. but when i went for headship i went for it seven times and i got it on the eighth interview good for so you that in itself i think demonstrated some resilience some tenacity yes. and when i look back at the first <laughs> first interview was a car crash it was just <laughs> ridiculous you know why was i even there but actually i was there because it was part of my process it was part of the right. Oh, come on. When's this book coming out? I'm going to pin you down. It's July 2021. Well, it's written. It's, it's got to go through quite a bit of editing and, you know, just legal checks and things like that. Just have you got a publisher or are you self-publishing? I do have a publisher who's in the wings, who's harassing me, saying, what's going on? <laughs> a little bit of nervousness with that, but I think... Hopefully it will help somebody else on their journey to headship. Well, that's what books are for, aren't they? You know, to entertain or to help. That's right. And more importantly, Diana, more people that look like me. Yes. And I say look like, you say look like you. I mean, this is the podcast. People can't see you. Describe yourself. Go on. I am a black woman. Full stop, mic drop. And I say that because you can count on, uh, I don't know, maybe three or four hands. How many black 
female head teachers there are in post today? Well, I'll tell you, Diana, because my book starts with that. 0.2% if you are black and like me, black African. There we go. There we so go. I think it's quite significant that that voice is out there and that people know. And I that know. actually children do respond to people that look like them and they can be you know, inspired by people that look like them and show ambition and aspiration, as well as others that don't. Let's not knock that out the ballpark because I have many who don't look like me who've supported me along my journey and for that I'm grateful. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at. That's a triumph. You're a head teacher in a secondary school in North London. You're a black African female and you're standing strong. And the book is coming out in December, I've decided. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I give it to other head teachers for Christmas presents. Right, I love that. We'll so grab that, that my, that's my rationale. We'll grab that, I, I will buy 20 copies of the book, okay? <laughs> Okay, that's a deal. And Only if it comes out ready for Christmas presents. Well, that's a goal. Thank you. I'll there we go. 20 copies sold. Can I just say, Diana, not only am I a head teacher, <laughs> it's through the pandemic. So I'm pretty much, I'm pretty early in my headship. You can class me as a pandemic head. So Is this the end of your first year of your headship? No, it's the end of my second year. But oh. it's pretty, been pretty much a pandemic But, but, but the whole of the second year was taken up with all of this. Oh, yes. Oh, oh my days. It's, oh, yes. I'm coaching a head. I'm, I'm an executive head and I coach a head. <clears throat> well, I coach many heads. But I'm an executive head in a school in Cambridge. And the head, the head teacher, principal, you know, it's just like his first year of headship was this experience. And I, said, I keep saying to him, it's not like this normally. <laughs> and he just looks at me like, Go away. Just stop lying. <laughs> you know, honestly, headship is difficult, but not this difficult. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. not I've like been, this. I've been told that so many times. It's, it's yeah, really reassuring. This is, well, unprecedented, unique. Let's hope it never happens again. I really honestly hope But it so. is. It's, it's such a curveball that you could never have imagined anything like it. When they say that word unprecedented has been overused, it really has, but with good measure. With good measure. For this situation is utterly, there's nothing where you could have, five years ago, I said, what? Teaching kids by Zoom? However, love, what is Zoom anyway? You know, honestly. You know what? I'm I'm a bit of a techie bird, so I love technology. And I, you know, another triumph, you could say, is bringing my school to where it's at so they were able to deliver live lessons and all of that stuff. And teaching and learning is my passion. I am absolutely passionate. I'm jumping up and down to get something on my timetable so I can be in the classroom. Just to be on the head. Don't exclude me, you know. Oh, um, no, no, no. I talked all the way through my headship. Loved it. I always had set five Yeah. GCSE science classes. So physics, period six on a Friday with set five. So you're a scientist. I'm a scientist. And so the head of the department was my head, you know. She was my she was my, my boss. I'm Miss Osaki, how are your young people progressing, you know? <laughs> Like, will you just put a sock in it? I've got set five. I've got to get them through. And I've got them period six for physics on a Friday afternoon. How do you think they're progressing? I'm sure they would do absolutely fine, Diana. Well, you know what I said to them? I will, I will beat you. To get safeguarding, I will go proper Nigerian on you yes. and beat you if you don't pass. I can relate. To me, they're like, we believe you. I can relate. <laughs> so you have, I don't care what else you fail, but you cannot fail my GCSE and make me look stupid. <laughs> Brilliant. Forcing them to learn with love. That's what I say. But yeah, you teach um, love. And teach love. Say, no, don't write to me. Don't talk about my safeguarding. The kids knew I was joking. I was joking. Not. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's, it's a word we don't use in education, love, isn't it? But it is true. You've got to love the ones you're with. And, and with that, you know, another triumph was bringing my school from the cusp of inadequate for teaching and learning to the cusp of outstanding for teaching. Oh! And that was, that was hard work. Blood, sweat I and tears. I can imagine. But Blood, I... sweat and tears. But leadership management was outstanding. So, you know what? I'll accept that. It was awesome. I applaud that because... Not just for you. I mean, that's amazing for you as a leader of the head. But when you say that kind of thing, I can see, I can picture, I can hear it. I can hear the narrative of young people's lives changing. Where some young people are born in a postcode to certain parents who've got a certain demography or whatever it's called. You know, um, they've never been to university or they've, they've done this for their lives. And the minute they are born, the narrative is a no. Because you live in this postcode to these parents with this kind of trajectory, it's already a no. Yeah. And along comes Miriam, who takes a school from the cusp of inadequate to the cusp of outstanding and says, come to my school because we're not going to change that narrative to a yes, despite your postcode and this, that and the other that set up a society and say to you, no, come here and partake of the yeah. banquet of yes. Don't, don't, it's a book title in itself, the banquet well, of yes. The banquet of yes. Yeah. Just to be clear, Diana, it's the school I worked at as a deputy. I took gotcha. teaching and learning. Just to be clear, I don't want to put out their false information. False information. <laughs> but it is in a very deprived part of London. And therefore, you know, we know the idea. Quality first teaching for yeah. every child. For every child. Every child. And I mean for every child. It's it's that it's that special thing, and I I only coach heads who are in challenging circumstances. And one of my ways I qualify a head to work with me is, if your most difficult decision is what colour to paint the cricket pavilion, <laughs> not your coach. <laughs> Honestly, if the most difficult thing you've got to decide is whether to have A or B for uniform, I am not your coach. But if you are working at that. That end of the bell curve where if you don't get this right, those young people do not have a future that's worth contemplating. If you're working there and you need a coach, I'm your coach. You know, so when I hear, I mean, I've worked in those special measures, inadequate places. You know, yeah. That's where you cut your teeth and you look at those young people and say, um, I've got to do better. We've got to do better because you are not inadequate young people. You're great. You are great. We've got to build a school that honours your struggle. I couldn't have put it better myself, Diana. That is exactly where I'm coming from. Oh, my heart is bursting with professional love for Miriam <laughs> and her book that's coming out in December. I announced it here on this podcast. You heard it here first. They certainly did because I have never, I've not said this publicly at all well i can't wait you sold 20 copies already and i know from the <laughs> listeners that they will they will say you know what we're going to support as well so i will absolutely host your book on my website thank you so that you can just get more and more people engaging with you miriam it's been a pleasure it's been to have you on this episode thank you so much for sharing with us your mistakes mishaps and triumphs lovely thank you so much diana you have been listening to courageous leadership the podcast with me your host diana rezagi the author of the book courageous leadership available on amazon now 
You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website, courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.